Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. But I'll bet you many of his coaches probably haven't. They're like, who is this? What is this Mayberry that you speak of, right? This is the Morning Drive Podcast. Sign me up. <laughs> Get your popcorn ready. <laughs> From Double T 97.3. We'll have high school football for you tomorrow night. Friendship plays on the road at uh, Cleveland in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We learned yesterday via the text line. I'm just going to take it for what it's worth that the school is named for the superintendent. Yes. Yeah. That's not in Rio Rancho. That's that's home game. Oh. Okay, well, I'd, I'd pack the picnic, you know. You're right. It's a, it's a home game. I'd that 5 o'clock, <laughs> that 5.30 start is just completely messing with him. It really, it's really been struggle bus city. It really is. It's early, so they're not home at 4 o'clock in the right. morning. That's why they're they're starting. We're Rancho kids. See, I, right. I, I, you know, I, I, it's I early, had, so they don't stay at home at four o'clock in the morning. I had it all backwards. So, I, and you've been, we've told you several times know, this week. We're did, trying to I help just, you here. I know it just did not get through my cranium. Say right now, <laughs> the game is early. Okay, I got no, it. no. Say it right now. The, the game, game is early. <laughs> the game is early. So the New Mexico kids. So the New Mexico kids can get home early. Can get home early. There we go. I got it. See, I, I was. I was thinking about going to Rio Rancho, New Mexico, and check out check out Cleveland. You can still go. There yeah. just won't be anybody there. Won't be there. Anybody there? I'd be in the stands all by myself. That'd be embarrassing. It'd be a long drive, <laughs> kind of wasted. Right. It'd be yeah. embarrassing. So we'll have that game from the Tigers' place tomorrow <clears throat> at five thirty with a kickoff at six o'clock. How's that, Jeff? Is that, is that better? exponentially better? Okay, yeah. Thank you. Good God Almighty, boy! If I just, I, you know, it's, it says it right here. I just, I don't know, and it says it right there on the board. I just, I just couldn't, just, I don't know. It was just the connecting dots just weren't working for me. I can tell you tonight, Estacado is playing at West Plains High School. That's in uh, Amarillo, and that's uh, the only LISD school that's playing tonight. Okay, so uh, Matadors uh, coming off a win. They'll. Um, They'll play tonight. Uh, they won last week against Leveland, 39-13. to 13. Uh, So we'll have also tomorrow night Coronado versus Caprock. That'll be a home game for the Mustangs here in Lubbock. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 6.45 and then 7 o'clock is, uh, is the kickoff. Uh, Raiders 316 says this, I have my entire Sunday open. Wife knows it and has given me a honey-do list. Sorry about you. Uh, this, Chuck, need the red zone. Sunday football watching is so much better that way. No, I like watching the game. I, I, I like watching the game. And I, I know there for some people that they love the red zone. And and I guess there's a red, a pseudo red zone version for college. Um, not this, not per se, but I mean, there's there's some places where you can go and get just, just the highlights. But I, I prefer the game. I like watching the game. Mm-hmm. I like seeing, seeing you get the more of the tidbits then you really do and as you well know I'm a big fan of the tidbit mm-hmm. so I think those are the side stories sometimes it's too bad your name's not like Tom or Tim oh so we could call you Tommy Tidbit <laughs> Timmy Tidbit Timmy Tidbit Chucky tidbit just doesn't 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 doesn't, no. doesn't seem to work. Uh, uh, here's a here's a little here's a, speaking of tidbit. Here's a little tidbit for you from 
from the Philadelphia Eagles game that normally I wouldn't have cared anything about. But a guy by the name of Britton Kobe is not a very good salesperson. Uh, he is a player for the Philadelphia Eagles. But he, um, and he's a punt returner. But when he, when he went to park his car in the player's parking lot at Lincoln Financial Field, all he had was a practice player's parking pass. And he couldn't sell his way into the uh, player's parking lot for the Monday night game at the link. He said the parking attendants didn't even know who he was, uh, which is certainly understandable. He said, to no fault of theirs, I had the practice squad pass. My teammates tell, told me, just tell them you were elevated to the ro active roster and they'll let you in. But I could tell they didn't quite recognize me when I told them I was elevated. <laughs> can you say, can you imagine that? You're talking to the parking guy. Hey, I was elevated. Mm -hmm. You know, and that guy's like, okay, Mac, hey, this is for players. You, so what he had to do is he had to park in the main lot. And he had to park a half a mile away. And basically, he just kind of soaked in the tailgate scene. He said, I liked it. I had to park with the grinders out about a half mile away with the tailgaters and walk through. I thought it was a blast. Honestly, it's kind of like college. He said some of the fans did actually recognize him and were able to point him in the right direction. And there's photographic evidence that backs him up. That's a really cool perspective. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good for him. He made it to work on time. He returned three punts for 14 yards. He said he'd like to play better next time. Acknowledging he didn't play my best on Monday night. So probably because of that long walk, he's probably exhausted. <laughs> about the, good, the, about look, the grinders. Look at his perspective on sure. hey, I got to take it all in mm -hmm. compared to Patrick Ewing's. They yeah. made me pull my badge out of my bag. Right. And he, what was the term he used? He said, I, um, he pointed to the banners. He didn't there. say assaulted, but he would, oh, I mean, he acted like yeah. he had, I mean, he was so offended that they yeah. made him pull a badge out of a bag. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ludicrous man uh somebody asked this question hey chuck how was the hamburger cookout yesterday i i thought i was i thought it was pretty good i mean i, mean, I, I did what i needed to do i cooked some burgers for everybody and hopefully hopefully everybody enjoyed them so i don't know i don't know how they i, I know this I, you know on highest was at uh, was at the event yesterday at lunch and he finished lunch before me and offered up his chair because we had just some limited ceiling and then he kind of looked back at me and said, I guess if you're at budget, you can go cook hamburgers. I said, yeah. And I said, and, and I am. <laughs> He's like, okay, I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay. See, that's the story how cool Chuck is because uh, Brad gave him his chair and said he was at budget. <laughs> he was just done eating. Um, this and he's still a budget. <laughs> this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. That was a gasp there. <laughs> if uh, if Shuck is healthy, do you think they bench Smith? Like if he was healthy right now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I think I think Tyler Shuck yeah. would absolutely be starting. Uh, this. Would Tech fans feel comfortable with any lead Saturday until it's over? <laughs> I'm going to tell you no. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, because of what happened two times ago, two yeah. games ago. Yeah. Last I, time they were here. I'd say I'd feel good about a 40-point lead with two minutes to play. I'd feel safe then. That I would feel safe about. Yeah, I don't I think would. we could mess that one up. I would. Yeah. That, that might be as low as I would go. I mean, I... 
clearly felt really confident, you know, after Sir Roderick's running down the sideline, like, hey, we're going to win this ball game. <clears throat> he was thinking about the Christmas cards. I was. I was. I, you know, I know that you don't think people do that. I'm sure that the, in the history of ever, people have done that. I yeah. am 100% certain that they have. I just don't think at the rate that you claim. Okay. Like, I believe it's possible that you've received a Christmas card mm-hmm. with that picture. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you've probably received more than two. You're probably right about that. And you act like it's, well, you know, I've got a litany. I mean, people are <laughs> waiting in line over there. At the Christmas card shop, right? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> with their double T scoreboard. Like the Christmas the... cards come in, you hang them up on the wall, and 25 of them are the same. I've got a... Just with different people in them. You know, this whole Christmas card discussion yesterday started me thinking about my Christmas lights. And my Christmas light guy uh, told me that they weren't going to put up my lights next year because they are done doing the traditional bulb. I've got to go to the... I've either got to find somebody new or I've got to go to the, you know, forest. What is it? The LEDs? LEDs. Which I just don't like. I just don't like. I don't like the. I don't like the LEDs. But I may have to. I may be forced into embracing that technology. Yeah, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. I mean, I could wear a good-looking suit. And- I could speak eloquently for it on his behalf. This is the Morning Drive Podcast. And then you'll take your uh, remote and you'll push the button. Okay. And then magically the game will appear. Mm. From Double T 97.3. Time for this day in sports history. It's uh, 9-22-22. Here's Jeff McGuire. So I guess, I guess we have to ask, though, because we haven't asked this question yet today. Did you guys have a night to remember last night? Uh, no, not, not really. We failed. Not, not really. I mean, it was just, it was pedestrian. Yeah, we failed. Earth, Wind, and Fire told us not to forget last night. It, yeah, no. It's, huh? it's forgettable. 1911. Boston Bruins future baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Cy Young beats the Pittsburgh Pirates one to nothing at Forbes Field for his final victory. Hmm. Number 511. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like a record or something. Or something. Nineteen twenty, Chicago Grand Jury convenes to investigate charges that eight White Sox players conspired to fix the nineteen nineteen World Series. I'm gonna go ahead and break some news here. Yeah. They didn't find him guilty. But they a Chicago Grand Jury yeah. investigated something about the Chicago White Sox in the nineteen twenties. Right. But they still got suspended. Still got for, suspended. Forever. And today even. Nineteen twenty seven. The long count. The infamous boxing match. Gene Attorney beats Jack Dempsey by 10 rounds. Unanimous decision at Soldier Field Chicago uh, in Ch- uh, Chicago uh, to retain the World Heavyweight title. Crowd of 104,943. The gate in 1927 was $2,858,660. 1959. Chicago White Sox clinch the AL pennant. 1961. Baltimore Orioles' Jim Gentle ties a record of five Grand Slams in a single season. Wow. He was lucky and good. Had some teammates that got on base in front of him a bunch. I bet that offense scored a lot of runs. 
1969, speaking of scoring a lot of runs, Giants' Willie Mays becomes the second player to hit 600 home runs. And I think a lot of people thought then that he'd be the guy that broke would break Bruce's record. Probably so. 1985, Billy Martin breaks his arm by pitch, gets his arm broken by pitcher Ed Winston. I wonder why that happened. Oh, Ed Winston, and he got into a fight. Obviously, but but Wh- and wasn't was- it wasn't it not at the ballpark? Yeah, wasn't I think it, it like in the like at breakfast or something. It was yeah, it was really, at the hotel. Or, it's really really yeah. bizarre. But. I think think that's the story I remember. 1986, L.A. Dodger Fernando Valenzuela is the first Mexican-born pitcher to win 20 games. Man, he was fun. <laughs> Blowing the bubble, looking the opposite direction. That was cool. 1990, Andre Dawson steals his 300th base and is the only player other than Willie Mays to have 300 home runs, 300 steals, and 2,000 hits. It's just hard to even fathom Andre Dawson having 300 steals when you just remember him at the end of his career. He was so lame. I mean, still a really good hitter, but it was just... I mean, his knees were just killing him. But what a great player. And in 1993, Texas Ranger Nolan Ryan at 46 pitches his last game. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for you to tell your Seattle story about the tickets. No. It's a good story. I'll, I'll save it for next year. Talking about my my season, the tickets that I bought from the Mariners. Yeah, yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, I bought bought tickets. I have t- two tickets, unused tickets from that game that the Mar- that the Mariners sold because that was at the old uh, Kingdom. They had fifty thousand seats, and they so they they made money off of Nolan's entry. <laughs> <laughs> it is National Ice Cream Cone Day. Uh, cake or uh, sugar. Or waffle. Waffle. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever um, you want. Uh, why are you making me pick between my children? Uh-huh. They didn't do anything wrong. They are perfectly fine all on their own. They all do things great. I prefer the cake. I'm a cake guy. Yep. I'm sure that surprises no one. I'm not a huge waffle cone guy. No. I mean, I'll eat them every once in a while, but I much prefer this to plain old Jane cake. <laughs> Happy birthday. I love it, too. Man, I love it. I mean, I love the bottom of of ice cream cone. Oh, when it gets nice, a little soft there. Well, no, I'm just saying get rid of the top where it's just all ice cream Mm -hmm. and get to the part where you have ice cream and the cake cone. Mm -hmm. And you're, oh, man, that's greatness. Happy birthday to Tom Felton, who was Malfoy in Harry Potter. Joan Jett, 64. Billy Piper, who's Rose from Doctor Uh, Who, is 40. Scott Bayo 62, Carlos Correa, 28, and Bonnie Hunt is 61. And on this day in 1862, President Abraham Lincoln issues a preliminary emancipation proclamation, which set a date for the freedom of more than 3 million enslaved in the United States and recasts and, and reacts the Civil War as a fight against slavery. And that is this day in sports history. Okay, so going back to the Ed Whitson-Billy Martin fight. Okay. So Whitson was signed by the Yankees as a free agent 
for the 85 season. He got off to a terrible start. He got a big contract then, $4.4 million. Um, it was a five-year deal. Got off to a terrible start. Uh, then had verbal abuse, hate mail, to the point where he wouldn't let his wife go to the game. So Whitson on September 20th gets pulled from a start uh, by Martin, gave up four runs in two innings. And with that, with that, Toronto ends up winning the game and they end up get, having a four-and-a-half game lead in the division. They would go on to win the East that year and then go on to play in the American League Championship Series, obviously. <clears throat> so on the 22nd, Whitson and Martin got into a heated argument that spread to other parts of the hotel. The argument was in the bar. Results in a broken ulna for Billy Martin in his right arm and a bruised right side. Whitson suffered a cracked rib and a split lip. Yeah, that doesn't sound like an argument to me. Yeah. That, that sounds like a fist a, fight. A brawl, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Argument is when you yell at each other. <laughs> the Yankees. That was a fight. The Yankees, after the season, um, traded Whitson to the Padres for Tim Stoddard. Uh, Tommy John thought Whitson had trouble handling the intense pressure and media coverage of New York. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Appeared that way. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And, and Martin would get fired, and then they would hire Lou Pinello. And he, he had a pretty good run there. With the Yankees. Pretty good. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> what years? I mean, the 80s were horrible for yeah. the Yankees. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were terrible. Yeah. It was not, was, not, was not good for him. All right. 6.53 this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, somebody says this waffle bowl is the way to go. Okay. Uh, PJ asked I, don't, this, I mean, I don't hate it. I just yeah. like the cake cone. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, PJ asked this question. What do you put the over-under on Baron Morton's snaps at quarterback on Saturday? I'm putting it at 15 based upon the fact they're splitting reps. Tells me the leash for Donovan is very short, which you've said for several days now. Did you think? That's a, that's a good question, PJ. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. And these are snaps at quarterback, not just snaps. Yeah. I guess I tend to feel like if he's going to be in there, he's going to be in there for longer. Meaning you're not going to make a change to start the fourth quarter, right? I don't think so. If you're going to make a change, it's going to be no later than the start of the second half. Okay. My- and so... So what did he say, 15? 15. Huh? So uh, so there's two questions there. Do I think he's going to enter the game? And B, if I do think he's going to enter the game, is it going to be earlier than the scenario where he would only take 15 snaps? Okay. So to answer the question, I first have to figure out, do I think he's going to be in? Which means, do I think Donovan's going to have struggles and get benched? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Less than 15 snaps? I'm, I'm going to say zero. Zero? At quarterback. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Jeff? I mean, if you're making that change, you are moving on from Donovan Smith. Period. That's a good point. That's a really good point. 
All right, we'll see. We'll see what uh, transpires. That might be a good tiebreaker question for upon further review tomorrow. Which, by the way, you're responsible for the picks because you're the big winner. Jeff always takes care of that for me. (laughs) Big plays and even bigger laps. If they get seven out of those two things, game over. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not winning. You're not winning that game at at all. This is the Morning Drive podcast. Uh, basketball players who don't wear the same stick, shoes, the shoes that right. match the uniform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Match the color scheme of the, the team they play for. <laughs> From Double T ninety seven three. Nice to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station. Um, so really, the the feature back for Texas Bijan Robinson uh, is a handful. Uh, the last time he was here in Lubbock in 2020, Jamie, he um, he toted the ball quite a bit. Uh, 18 carries for 137 yards, ripped off a 33-yarder. Um, he's a guy that already this year has had uh, rushing performances of 71 against uh, ULM. Uh, against Alabama, they, they really... Um, Kept him in check. 21, car- 21 carries, 57 yards, did score a touchdown. But then last week against UTSA, 20 carries, 183, uh, including one for 78 yards, but he averaged 9.2 yards a tote, a handful. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Uh, he's six foot. He's 222 pounds. He's a junior. Uh, he's a guy that is a, is a lead horse for them, uh, without question. Here's uh, Texas Tech defensive coordinator Tim DeRuder on the Texas running back, B.J. Robinson. Well, you know, from what I've seen, he's probably the best one in the country. He's a uh, very compact runner who is powerful, breaks a ton of tackles. Uh, He's a guy that seems to have tremendous vision, whether they're running the outside zone play on when to cut it, um, when he's running in traffic to make jump cuts or spins. Um, And again, because he's kind of compact, people just bounce off of him. And, and then when he gets some speed or some space, he's got the speed to take it to the house. So you combine all that, it makes him, I think, a very NFL-looking running back. I think he's going to have a tremendous career uh, in, in his future. I'm just hoping that we don't add to it this weekend. Yeah, and, and you know, for him, you know, obviously uh, staying healthy and, and being durable. But I think the big challenge for him is is that elusiveness and that ability to to break out of tackles, which makes him so dangerous, uh, and and like he said, uh, can take it to uh, to the house for a touchdown. Yeah, it just feels like I mean he's got the ability to break tackles, and then once he does that, I mean it's always for a big gain. So I mean it's really about getting eleven guys running to the football at all times. So you get that first hit on him and don't let up because that dude's going to run through arm tackles and all that and. Um, make sure the next wave of guys is there to bring him down. Yeah. Uh, a guy that uh, they're really happy with on the Texas Tech side, and a guy that I'm sure that Texas has circled um, as a guy that they're going to have to contend with is Tyree Wilson. And Coach DeRuder talks about his improvement, which seems to be each week he seems to be getting better and better. Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing with him is he sets tremendous edges in our run game, which is one of the primary things we ask our edge defenders to do. And then when it's time to rush the passer, he can really collapse a pocket. Um, the thing that, that I guess probably surprised me the most is how quick he is off an edge when the run's going away from him, when we have him chasing from the backside. We don't always do it. But when he chases, he can get there and make tackles. And 
yesterday at our, at our unit meeting with the defense, I showed a number of clips of guys on our defense that had to strain to make plays. Um, and we have got quite a few guys who are doing that. We've got some guys that have to improve in it. But he was used as a primary example a number of times of the, the plays where he's blocked, he crosses a block, and then strains to go make a tackle. And we've got to get more of our guys playing like that. And I think he just does it naturally. I, I thought that was an interesting comment when I heard that uh, first on Monday, strains to make a play. And I guess that you could also kind of extrapolate that to effort, you know, and, you know, doing anything that he can uh, to try to make a play. And sometimes it's that that extra little bit, um, that extra little part of your motor um, that runs in a player um, that allows you to make those great plays or, or to prevent great plays from being made. And, you know, Tyree Wilson is certainly a guy that uh, has been able to do that for uh, the Red Raiders so far. Well, the interesting thing to me in that whole bit was that he started off. I mean, we all spent so much time talking about how good he is getting after the quarterback, but Coach DeRuiter started off talking about what he does in their run game. It just shows you how valuable he is to the defense, you know, not only in getting to the quarterback and putting pressure there, but just being uh, a force to reckon with mm-hmm. when other teams are trying to run the football. Clearly, he's going to have to have a big day if the Red Raiders are going to have a big day. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Hudson Card, he's 33 of 50 on the season, 343 yards, just throwing a touchdown, no interceptions. Um, and that's and that's something that uh, Coach DeRuiter is kind of trying to stress with his defense, that while they've not – while they've played well, they're not getting the turnovers, and he speaks to that uh, as far as his defense is concerned. You know, sometimes it's, it's by circumstance. Um, you know, we got pressure on the quarterbacks. We, we got to finish on the ball. You know, I think Tyree got a couple uh, positions where he couldn't really, you know, rake on the football. He was, you know, coming off of a block. Uh, but we got to get a second and third guy there to go after that ball. Um, you know, we're, we're not seeing a whole lot of throws into coverage because we've got pretty tight coverage at times. And so I, sometimes it's just a function of who you're playing and what their, their attack is against you. Uh, but regardless of that fact, we, we're going to continue to harp on getting takeaways. Hopefully we can continue to get pressure on quarterbacks and make them make bad decisions. And, and when they do that, you know, sometimes they kind of come in groves. And that would be helpful uh, to turn the ball, get them to turn the ball over a little bit. And it, whether A, shorten up the field, or, or B, just get yourself some more uh, offensive snaps. Um, you know, they harped on the plus three, have yet to be plus three. Um, this season, and the last couple of games have been really in the negative. Mm-hmm. It's been a big problem for you. You really haven't on both sides of the football, right? Because you really haven't forced yeah. a lot of turnovers, mm-hmm. and and you've you've given up a bunch in the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line: Tim DeRuiter seems like an A plus hire. And so far, I would agree. So I far, I would agree. You know, and and I I think he would tell you that. Um, uh, from a defensive standpoint, I mean, he inherited a pretty veteran group. I mean, they're older on defense. They're more experienced on defense in, uh, you know, what Coach Patterson did over the last couple of years. Um, you know, is probably sh- should not go on and looked at uh, because, I th- I, like no. I said, yeah, I think the, I think the cupboard was – it wasn't empty. I mean, it wasn't completely full, but it was, it was a lot fuller than a lot of other coaches have inherited Especially- when they come here. 
especially on the defensive side yeah, of the ball. Right, yeah, no, right. no question. Yeah. So I think uh, I think the defense so far has been has been. I don't know if it's been A plus, but it's it's certainly been in the A's, A minus maybe A. I mean, compared to what we've seen here before, uh, it's, it's it's substantial improvement. Yeah, no question. All right. Um, one last thing from uh, Coach DeRuiter. He talked about the four P's of his uh, defense. He he talks about this quite a bit. So obviously it's it's important to him and it makes it important to the defense. Here's his here's his four P's of his defense. Okay. Yeah. We we talk about preparedness. You know, knowing our defense and then knowing who we're playing so we can play our fastest physicality, you know, the, the actual act of punching, ripping, stripping the ball away, purpose. And then our last P is what we call population, getting more of our guys to the ball than they have. And when you can get a ball on the ground because of physicality and purpose and those type of things, if we got more guys around it, the way this ball is shaped, it bounces in funny ways, we got a better opportunity to get the takeaway. So those are our four P's. Uh, it was it was interesting because Coach McGuire alluded to uh, the ball and how it's uh, funny shaped, and uh, then Tim DeRuiter uh, referring to the ball, which is uh, oblong, right? It is, and it's mm-hmm. uh, somewhat odd shaped. You know, it's, it so is. It's, it's, it must be a topic of conversation over there at the football facility. Mm-hmm. You know, the shape of the football. Well, they're around it a lot. Yeah, they are. <laughs> the. Uh, you know, the other thing is, um, I really like the, the term population, getting population around the ball. In other words, getting players around the ball. Just It just it speaks to, you know, hey, if you see something down there, you know, go after it. And if you got more of your guys there than the other team, you know, you probably have a better chance of getting it than the other team. I mean, that's just, it's, it's Captain Obvious stuff, right? But I think when you stress stuff like that and harp on stuff like that and coach the stuff like that, you know, eventually you'll get stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, every defensive coach in the history of ever has talked about 11 guys to the football. Yeah. That's, yeah. They just use the word population because it's another P. Yeah, no, I, but I, yeah. you know, I mean, you, I mean it's, it's, you know me. I every, like 11 guys to the ball. That's what everybody's preaching. Yeah, you 11 know, guys. You know, six rules of dodgeball and, you know, four Ps of turnovers. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to things like that. That's okay. It makes, it makes me, uh, Makes you tick. It makes me tick, right? Thank you. Tick away. <laughs> makes me tick. All right, Jamie's got a question for all of us. Let's see if it gives us the ticks next here this morning on the morning drive. Maybe probably make us think, which is good. Take your thoughts, comments continuously on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. That's me, man. Wow. Highly, you know. Impressive. <laughs> this is the Morning Drive Podcast. I'm like the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Because your kids don't want moms? My, 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 my oldest is a senior, and I think, we, I think we made it through without paying for a single mom. Wasn't the guy supposed to pay for the mom? Oh, I don't know. From Double T 97.3, Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. If you were Joan Jett, I'd say hit me with your best shot, but you're not. I'll fire away. Okay. Okay, so today we're going to go Big 12 football this weekend. Okay. And I give you three games, and I'm not really looking at the lines. I don't know what the lines are, but I give you three games where I think there's a significant underdog, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. I want you to tell me which of the three three teams I'm talking about in these games has the best chance to pull off the upset this weekend. Okay. 
So I'm going Iowa State at home versus Baylor. Mm-hmm. I'm going Texas Tech at home versus Texas. Mm-hmm. And I'm going Kansas State on the road at Oklahoma. Okay. Which of those three Big 12 teams has a chance to pull the upset in this Big 12 opener for them? Well, historically speaking, and I realize that history doesn't win football games, but historically speaking, Kansas State always plays Oklahoma extremely close. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. If not, if not beats them. Okay. Yep. If not beats them, even even when they were the worst team in America, they would have the occasional, you know, be leading at halftime. They might end up getting beat by three touchdowns. Would it be like one of those upset alert kind of deals? Um, you know the 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 Texas Tech Texas thing is is really more along the lines of, you know, can your offense be productive against that Texas defense? I know the least about Iowa State and Baylor, but it just seems to me with Iowa State playing at home and how his teams have played generally. So I'm going to say uh, Iowa State and Baylor. I'm going to say Iowa State. Chuck kind of touched on where I'm going with this one. I, I think it comes down to the home team being the dog. And the home team having the crowd behind them. So that looks, has me looking at Tech versus Texas or Iowa State versus Baylor. And just from where the programs have been to where they are perceived to be now, I would take Iowa State at home versus Baylor. Okay. Uh, I agree to me the least likely, even though the history that Chuck spoke of, is Kansas State winning at Oklahoma? I the think because likely, yeah. the least likely yeah. because I think of because of the history, and in recent years you've seen Kansas State get Oklahoma. They're one hundred percent going to be ready for this one. Okay, mm-hmm. Kansas State played pretty poorly last weekend against Tulane. So who knows? Maybe they're looking for a bounce back and they're sure. playing really well. But sure. I just I don't think it's likely. So I do look at the two teams that are playing at home and. I guess I it boils down to me as I look at the separation between the two teams, a.k.a. Iowa State versus Baylor compared to Texas Tech versus Texas. And I just think Iowa State-Baylor is a closer matchup. And so I'll, I'm going to agree with, with you guys and say Iowa State to me is the team that has the chance to pull the upset. That being said, I don't feel good for either any of the three of them. Okay, <laughs> okay. That's yeah. that's 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 fair. I mean, Which if we were picking the games right now, I think I'd be picking chalk there. Of as the, far as the favored teams. Of the three, which one would surprise you the least that the upset ha- upset happened? I think it would be Kansas State at Oklahoma. Would be the least surprising of the group. Oh no, I think it's uh, No, I think I think I think it'd be the most surprising just from the standpoint that um you're playing at Oklahoma. You're coming off of a home loss to Tulane. Um, Oklahoma's, if they're not the best, they're the second best in the in the Big Twelve. Um, so I, I would I would I would disagree with you on that. I don't know. That's tough. It's odd because Kansas State has had that success against them. And also, let's remember, 
I mean, Kansas State, by some, was picked to win the conference. By most, picked to finish in the top three or four. So it's not like Kansas State's a bad football team. But all of a sudden, they had one bad game against Tulane. Mm -hmm. And now everybody's opinion in a week has changed on them. Sure. Okay. They seem to have that one bad loss, though. Uh, Every year. Every year. They do. In non-conference play, and then they play a lot better. Yeah. So even though I think it's the least likely, I think I might actually agree with Jeff here and feel like it wouldn't be the most shocking. I think I think the most surprising to me would be if the Red Raiders beat Texas. Okay. Uh, Iowa State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Baylor at home. Oh, so they're not even an underdog? Mm-mm. You guys feel that way? No, I don't. I don't feel no, that way. Yeah, yeah, no, I think... I, I don't. I don't feel the that two, way. The two, basically, it's a pick game because usually... And yeah. I'm I'm not yeah. I'm no I'm no betting expert, but generally speaking, you know, three points goes to the home team. So, you know, Iowa State does have their win over Iowa. That's a power five. What win. was it, ten seven or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, real barn burner. And and Oklahoma's favored by twelve and a half. This this will be one of those games. It's either going to be a single digit score or it's going to be a blowout. The K-State Oklahoma game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you think? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, that's what I think. That's that's what I that's what I do. I mean, Oklahoma's number six in the country. Um you know, here's here's the other thing is uh you know, their coach went to K State, so I'm sure that he's gonna he's gonna fire up the playing against the purple pride there. Um you know. Hmm. So I'm, I'm, and and he's been. He, I don't know if he was ever part of an upset of uh, K State winning at Oklahoma or at home against Oklahoma, but he he'll be able to speak to that much better than previous coaches who didn't play there. You know the chip on your shoulder kind of thing. Hey, don't take these guys for granted. You know his pregame speech will probably be pretty good. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. I just so that's why that's why I think that this will either be. They'll, they'll play down to that level or it'll be a blowout. And I, I'm going to tend to believe it's going to be more of a more of a blowout. You know, as far as our game here, <clears throat> would you be would you be surprised if Tech loses that it's under 10 points? No. No? Okay. No, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, 22 points. Okay. <laughs> Any in the low twenties, I'm gonna be surprised if you lose by thirty. Do you think? But I mean, it, that it, a, a low twenties game could be a decently close game mm-hmm. where you know you're, I mean, you're down ten, you know, or fourteen most of the game, and then late touchdown happens. Whatever. I mean, that that's not a yeah. blowout to me. I, I would be more surprised if Tech winning by twenty than losing by twenty in this game. You'd be more surprised of them winning by twenty than losing by twenty. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I, yeah. Think that's, I think everybody would. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, my other question for you is, what do you, what do you think you're going to have to score in order to win? Do you think you have to top thirty, thirty-five? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Seven thirty-nine this morning here on the morning drive. I'm really interested in this TCU SMU game. Me too. Me too. You know, um, you know the the whole Sunny Dykes going back to. SMU and um, the battle for the skillet, I think, is what they do. And TCU is two and zero, and SMU is two and one. TCU is favored by two 
uh, in this game. Um, I, the other, I know who I want to win. I just don't have any idea who I think is going to win. You want SMU to win? Oh, goodness. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is, is really laughable right now, I think it's laughable, is this, and I want oh I want SMU to knock over an old coach from TACU again. Okay, <laughs> just pick a different old guy and knock him over. The other thing that I think is just laughable right now is is the uh, all the this talk about Lance Leopold going to Nebraska. Uh, I think there was a discussion on one of the shows the other day about who was more likely to go Leopold. Who would be the better choice or who would be more likely to go, Leopold or Matt Campbell? Man, I, th- I think if I'm Nebraska, I, I go after the proven winner in, in Matt Campbell. Uh, Leopold, Leopold has done a great job. So I know, but he's three. I mean, he's like a year and three games in. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I don't know. It's just, it's just that fast. He's made Kansas like not be a joke. Yeah. Maybe and so. Matt Campbell has had lots of opportunities to leave, and he's still there. He's still there. Much they to keep, our chagrin. Uh, they ponied up for him, haven't they? Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day, this is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Have Ranger baseball on the air for you this afternoon. They take on the Los Angeles Angels. This will come to us from Arlington. We'll have it for you on 100.7 The Score. Uh, then the Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays early evening, 535-610 first pitch uh, tonight on 100.7 The Score. Look for Aaron Dickens and Mike Gustafson today at Twin Peaks. And uh, they'll be there this afternoon uh, spouting their uh, opinions and uh, giving you their thoughts on Texas Tech and Texas. So uh, look for the boys today from 3 until six and then uh, red raider football with joey mcguire and i said this earlier you always you always learn something new uh i don't care who the who the sh- who the coach has been uh and we've had this show on our station uh with the head coach uh for a number of years now um really going back to uh, coach leach in 2007 and always learn something that i didn't know either about the coach the team the game or a player, so it's it's worth your time, okay? Okay. And you would say, well, you would put it on; it wouldn't worth our time. Well, that's you know, that's the theory, right? Oh, that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> yeah, I don't talk like that. Okay. <laughs> I know you don't. I know you don't. I was just trying to be, just trying to be entertaining or somewhat funny. <laughs> I fail more than I succeed on that. All right, Texas Tech and Texas on. Saturday, uh, the turnover has been the concern, right? Here over the last couple of weeks for the Red Raiders, and uh, just not scoring points—the biggest one, sure, yeah, or, or enough, you yeah, know. yeah. That's that's yeah, that's one. Of course, the you, uh, turnovers have definitely played into that, mm-hmm. uh, and you've also had some turnovers that played into them scoring points. Yes, that's not good. Pick six, muff punt, things like that. Uh, have uh, have caused you problems. So Coach Kitley was asked about the three interceptions in the North Carolina State game and what caused those interceptions. 
you know, one of them I felt like it was a bad decision by us. Uh, the fourth and short was not a not a great uh, decision by us. Uh, one of them later in the game, I felt like the our receiver could have kept his route moving a little bit. And then on another one, I felt like the receiver we were trying to sit the receiver down in the hole. Um, so there's a little bit of bit of everything. But at the end of the day, uh, that reverts back to, to the details and some of those things, and and just understanding certain scenarios during the football game and, and trying to keep ourselves in the right play and, and ball placement. Some of the- That's uh, Coach Zach Kitley talking so, about. So what did you take away from that? Oh, man, it's a little bit of everything. You know, on one on one end, he, he, first he said bad decision. Okay, so that's the quarterback who makes the bad decision there, Donovan Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, second, and I'm not sure which receiver it was, so you're going to help me with that, but – Clearly, there's somebody uh, Miles, not running. Miles Price. Okay, so they're not they're not running their route, or they're not finishing their route, or they're not running their route hard enough, or they're not being physical enough, right? Mm-hmm. And and then the third one, I really, I mean, it was different. I mean, the, I guess, and I don't know if it's comforting. If it would be more comforting if it was all the same, if there were the, if the interceptions were the same reason, or if it's more concerning that they're all different. And to me, I lean towards the turnover problem being it's kind of spread throughout and so that seems to me that it's more concerning maybe speaks of a of a young team okay well it's what that speaks to me about is that he blamed two of the three specifically on wide receivers Mm -hmm. and it speaks to what i've been saying all week long our receivers have to be better yeah i mean donovan smith is not playing great and his receivers are playing just as bad or worse. That That's what I heard there. Okay. Okay? And again, the first one where he said um, bad decision, we still don't know who ran, whether the wrong route was run because the receiver went straight down the field. The pass was made for him to cut in. Mm-hmm. So may, maybe made the wrong decision. No, or I shouldn't say maybe. Definitely made the wrong decision checking to the pass there on fourth and one. Mm-hmm. But then we don't know whose fault was with the miscommunication. Yeah, was it the receiver or the quarterback? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The but way again, he said that leads me to the quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I think I would agree that with that. One. I think I would agree with I think that. I would too. Okay, because he said you know wrong decision. Okay, to start with, but we still don't know the finish. But I mean, I said this in the Houston game. After the Houston game, our receivers don't compete for balls really well. They don't. The final turnover where Fungi just runs past and doesn't stop and compete for that interception that is returned back to the 20-yard lines was a problem. He just gave up on the play. Miles Price on the second interception on Saturday got bumped and has stopped running. Okay? That's a problem. You need your receivers to compete. So while our quarterback is clearly not playing well, and I'm not trying to say he's playing great, our receivers got to help too. You know, and that's why when there's people that are like, Donovan's terrible, we need to change quarterbacks and all that. It's not all on Donovan. The receivers have to play better. They have to compete. And how many drops? I mean, Coach McGuire mentioned it at halftime. Sure how many drops mm-hmm. in the first half would have moved you along? Okay. And put you in better position to score and not make it look like your offense is inept. You got to catch balls. You got to make plays. I would tell you the position group that has been the most disappointing so far this season is the receivers. And he specifically said there, I mean, you don't have to read between the lines too much. Two of the interceptions were on the receivers. They got to be better. Yeah. I mean, how often in basketball do we hear 
the competition for the 50-50 ball. I mean, it's all the time, right? Yeah, and you're it's not all, winning any. You're, you're not, not winning uh, any of those. The problem is, Chuck, on some of them, you're not even competing. You're yeah. not even competing. Which may be a bigger concern than anything. Yes. You're not winning those battles because you never get off the ground or you stop running. Mm-hmm. You're not even competing for the 50-50s. They're not 50-50s. They're 0-100s because the defensive back has nobody there with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, while our offenses, the struggles have something to do with the quarterback play, receivers have got to play better. And I feel like they're getting a complete pass. You, from, not, not literally. <laughs> they're not completing the pass. Um, you think, because you think the fan base. Oh, just, I mean, maybe just focus on the quarterback. Just focus on the quarterback. Just focus yeah. on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like Ben's this guy, he's a bum. He can't throw. He, he the other team keeps catching the ball. He's a bum. Okay. Yeah. Well, your receivers got to do their part too. Yeah. Uh, Harley D says this spot on, Jamie. Uh, Bo says this. Well said. Um, pick six on fourth down should have been a run. Listen to McGuire's halftime interview on the TV. No, no I uh, nobody's deba- debating that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the decision on fourth and one to throw the ball 15 yards down the field is just head scratching, right? Yeah, yeah. And Although, I mean, running the ball up the middle wasn't working great for you. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, so so run around that, the edge or run a quarterback keeper, whatever. Yeah. Let's not throw for 15, 20 yards down the field. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's throw a safe pass to a running back out of the backfield. Let's do something, but none of what we decided was good. Uh, real quick, <laughs> this observation: Does it look like Miles Price is slower to you? Has he been injured? I don't know. Uh, this person says just well, looks well, like the has, speed has been hampered a bit. Yeah, he. Has, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. it's been said that he's been he's banged up. Yeah, yeah. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973com